Wow. Well, what I didn't know is like Camp Whatever was taking off at this parking lot early the next morning. <laughs> so these two big buses came in oh and I woke God. up. And when I woke up, there was like these four or five kids in front of the car looking at me going, what, what, what is going on here? <laughs> I am John, creative director for Device Packaging. And I'm Jesse, independent graphic designer specializing in packaging and branding. And you're listening to Clean, Clean Up on L9. right by here oh yes. yeah yes nice now it wasn't the chopsticks like mr miyagi in no. karate kid but i saw blood though that mosquito f-ing mosquito the poor guy i mean it's one of those things i mean they just they don't mean any harm i mean it but but they're assholes i know but they're just annoying as all get out and they probably carry disease yeah they do malaria i might have malaria now thanks to that fucker. I, well it can't be anything worse than we have right now <laughs> <laughs> I've been dipped. You got the Rona? No, I've been, but but see, I'll not. I won't get it because I grew up on a ranch. I was dipped in formaldehyde at a young age. Seriously, around <laughs> Wait, yeah, sheep dip and running sheep through foot trough things and stuff. Yeah, and it's really formaldehyde. Oh yeah, in the summertime they get foot rot. Ah, so you know when you're splashing around in that. Crap, yeah, just playing around or like you kids like to do. It. Yeah, drinking it, drinking it. There's you another know. one that's a little sexier. It's called bluestone. Oh, okay, yeah. wow. It's you like these the whole technology. Going yeah, on. little blue pellets that you put in water and it turns the water kind of blue. You know, or or you you put it in the irrigation pond like we did to kill the algae so you could swim in it. Oh before right. we build a swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, I you know, I tell you guy. I tell you you did, and God bless you for it. And you know, there's all kinds of things you learn on cleanup on aisle nine. You learn about Sheep foot hygiene. Yep. There's very few podcasts out there that will tell you about that. They won't. They won't give you the straight. They won't give you the straight scoopy. They will I mean, not. When you start peeling my onion, it goes deep. <laughs> it goes deep, my friends. But I'm telling you, the thing with mosquitoes is you just have to wait uh-huh. and wait. You got to be patient. Yeah. I usually do the best finding of them at, say, like 3 a.m. when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. That's when. Oh, I have a whole nother story. I won't get into it now, but you'll have to remind me. Why not? Uh, well, I mean, I had the whole story about when I was in Memphis back in 1982 with my friend traveling around the United States. Yeah. And I, uh, we saw a concert one night. And then after the concert, we just found this part. Uh, it was like, I think it was a church parking lot. Okay. That we decided to camp overnight in. All right. And at 3 a.m., the mosquitoes, we were sleeping in the back of a oh. Penn Station wagon, the mosquitoes, this was in August, and they were just inside the like car. buzzards. My friend, he could sleep through the next big earthquake that's coming. Wow. He, he, yeah, I couldn't. No. So I got up and I started walking the streets of Memphis at like 3.30 wow. in the morning. Just trying to outpace the mosquitoes, walking really fast. Yep. Thought, I got back and thought, okay, there's... They will have feasted on him. Yep. So I got back, <laughs> laid down, and within seconds, friggin' thousands, right? Oh. So I had the clever idea of, you know what? I have like a rain suit that has the elastic bands that go around your wrists right, and stuff. Right. So I put this rain suit on right. and I had some goggles, ski goggles. Okay. Put those on and I put on a beanie. Okay. Now I'm, it's like a hundred degrees outside. Oh, and a, yeah. So I'm like melting. So right. I got on the front hood 
of the car and put my back against the windshield and kind of like that's how I eventually fell asleep. Wow. Well, what I didn't know is like camp whatever was taking off at this parking lot early the next morning. <laughs> so these two big buses came in oh and I woke God. up and when I woke up, there was like these four or five kids in front of the car looking at me going, what what, what is going on here? <laughs> it was this. Yeah. Who's this Eskimo? Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping on top I took of the car. Off my, you know, they Did were, you have like bites all around oh, where I you was, were exposed? Oh, yeah. Just the exposed spots? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't have anything on my hands. Wow. It was you, but you didn't get the malaria? No. Well, that's good. I, I, well, it's I all got, that sheep dip. It's all that sheep dip. Because you were drinking it. I know. Crazy. Well, okay. okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about consumer electronics packaging and kind of like some trends towards sustainability. You know, what that even means, like away from greenwashing. Uh, And if people haven't heard the term greenwashing, it's essentially when a company touts that they've made these big, significant changes, but really it's just kind of window dressing and they're really trying to appear to be, yeah. what what do they call that? Like uh, virtue signaling. Oh, virtue. Signaling. They're okay. virtue signaling that they are <clears throat> sustainable, but really, uh, case in point, I saw this article the other day that was talking about these different brands. And what if McDonald's in their big M just used two outlines instead of all the ink to fill oh, it up? Got it. What if they yeah. Apple did just an outline and didn't fill it up? Right. And all these people are talking about, oh, yeah, sustainability this. The sustainability index on <clears throat> the light amount of ink that is used is negligible. Right. You're not going to okay. make any difference at that scale. Right. So that was all greenwashing because typically with sustainability, the biggest things you can do are using sustainable materials, right? More natural materials, get away from plastic, get yes. away from foam, get away from all that stuff. Right. That's one. And two, using less material. Yeah. You could use all mm-hmm. sustainable material, but still overpackage the hell out of something using tons of material that you don't need. And even yeah. if it's sustainable material, you're not doing the right thing because you're using too much material. Right. I know it's it's a little bit of a catch 22, you know. It's like when you see some of these packages especially in le- electronics, high-end electronics, right? Yep. Not the sort of low-end stuff that you buy in a store, clamshell plastic. Oh god. But you'll see the other stuff like, you know, when you get your Apple phone, mm-hmm. like I'm a lot of these companies obviously are trying to be more sustainable. They're trying to less footprint mm-hmm. all this stuff. But then again, some of this stuff, I go through this experience when you get this thing, you open it up right. and you go, wow, look at this thing. I mean, it fits like a glove. You open up, yeah. you take off the top cover, you lay it over. Sometimes there's messaging on the inside of the, of the actual mm-hmm. lid. Mm-hmm. Then there's another piece that you unfold and there's a perfect little outline of this little trial that the item sits in you take that out and then you unfold another thing and then here's another part where you have your you know your charger stuff and then you have another little sleeve for your whatever publications all that stuff but the engineering behind it I mean it's like wow you know these product designers that put all this stuff together Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing you know and it's cool yeah but like you said it's like you're touting on one side of the fence hey we're going to be really kind of sustainable and all of a sudden you get this package and yeah, it's quite a bit smaller and it's tight and I love the experience, but at the same time, it's like, okay, do we need all this stuff? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah it's that material I, weight. Like a lot of times you'll pull these LCAs, right? A life cycle analysis. And a lot of that is going to be based on weight. So the more you can reduce the weight of the actual materials, 
right? But right. you do have to pay attention to, you know, the out-of-box experience, the UBI. Is that what they call, they call it, the UBI? Yeah. The UBI, the out-of-box experience, like you're talking about, about when you, when you open it up and what is the product reveal and then how are the accessories revealed and right. how are the documents revealed. And so there's an idea that you want to curate that experience, but at the same time, the more junk you put in there that is not necessary, yeah. even if you make it out of mushrooms or anything, Right. You're still using more material. So you, sure. your goal is really to get like as minimal with the material as you possibly can right. to protect and deliver the product. Yeah, exactly. And then you can have what I call an out-of-body experience. Okay. Yeah. And that's where you get that f***ing clamshell thing. Oh, Jesus. That you... You get the scissors my, out? No, my... Some of the stuff that I get, I got some package from my dentist, some electronic toothbrush oh, heads. Oh, yeah. And my scissors wouldn't do it. You know, I like went literally to my toolbox and I have this little small, a little saw. Oh, God. Saw. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, you know, I, I once had the most maddening experience. I was trying to open... It was, this was the same thing. It was one of these like blister packs, right? Another word for them, the, the plastic things. Yeah. Molded clamshell. Yeah. And it was a pair of scissors. Yeah, exactly. Now, there you go. if I had scissors, scissors to, to open, open that pack, I wouldn't have bought the damn scissors. scissors. So I, I'm sitting here trying to get into the scissors and I ended up doing the same thing. I got a steak knife out, which is not recommended, <laughs> no. which is just lawsuits waiting to happen when oh, some, yeah. somebody just gets frustrated, tries to open this thing and I wonder how they Gouge get away with that stuff. They just don't the, care. You know, it's just like right. there's some of this. Well, we really need the customers to be able to see the product. You know what? Here's a photograph. How about you put those scissors in a nice box? Now, I understand, too, with scissors, there's the whole idea of, well, they're sharp on the end. Right. So if they're in the shipping, if they get compacted or something like that and they start jabbing through stuff, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. But there's other ways you can do it than these blister packs, but they're not cheaper. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that, you know, a lot of companies are facing right now is that all the current processes and materials have been value engineered. They started out more costly and as efficiencies were made and more suppliers became available and more machinery and automation came into play, the cost got cheaper and cheaper. And so all those materials, blister packs and clamshells and all that plastic crap, plastic bags, wraps and films, all that stuff is really cheap. It's cheaper than trying to play, replace it now with paper. Oh, so yeah. we're in this real quandary mm -hmm. because everyone wants to, you know, preserve the planet and improve things, but nobody wants to pay the money to do that. They want to still save the same money that they've been saving before. Right. And that's difficult, especially if you think of it from the long haul, like, okay, I understand you want to protect profits and everything, but profits you can't spend that money if we're all dead yeah this is the pro there's no amount of profits that matter after the end of civilization those profits don't count hmm. but don't yeah the, the the sonus rome stuff i wanted to talk about because i really love where they went with this it's a really simple brown paperboard package with a black device image and some white print it's very iconic I can't really tell if it's a it's a heavily manipulated and simplified photograph but i believe it's an illustration mm -hmm. and i you know, I was looking into kind of like, oh, is this thing like silk screened or is it UV? Right. And I'm reading this article on their 
page here talking about it and how they were kind of like, you know, trying to get rid of foam and any of that kind of stuff. And they're saying, you know, uncoated craft paper isn't generally, and I'm, I'm quoting uh, Michelle Enright, who's the head of packaging experience at yeah. Sonos. And mm-hmm. she's been there since 2012, which is like a lifetime in, you know, consumer electronics. And, you know, she's talking about uncoated craft paper, which is what they're using, isn't generally considered premium. Right, which is true. People associate that with your Amazon boxes or your paper grocery bags or that kind of thing, right? Right. But we wanted to change that paradigm and create a tactile experience for our customers. Okay, great. Love that. And then I get to this part. So we used a foil stamp Mm. to create debossed and embossed areas around the box. Mm -hmm. Now, typically foil stamping means you're actually applying foil foil. to to the package. A foil substrate. Right. And so you're essentially embedding that in. Right. And as soon as you embed that foil substrate, you have now affected the recyclability of that paper. Because a certain amount of foil, there's a limit on how much foil can get into that paper. And, you know, there's this other thing about recyclability, which is, I think is really interesting is, first of all, people got to know which bin to throw it in. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's the million dollar question. I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, you have to make it painfully simple for people. I don't want to give them a plug, but Starbucks, I mean, they have their stuff, you know, when you go in and out of their stores, they have the, they they have the three sort of things in one bin. They have the trash, compostable, and then the The recyclable. But I'm guarantee you, oh, yeah. half that stuff doesn't get into the right it's stuff the because it, it doesn't. It's weird. I know they're trying to do the right thing, but it's tough. They are. Yeah. So, so the first thing is you, your consumer has to put it in the right bin. Right. Right. Then it gets picked up if it's curbside and taken to a sorting facility. Yep. Now at that sorting facility, they have to get it into the right stream. And some of what that stream is based on is the remarket. If nobody is buying that material. Right. Regardless of if it's recyclable, it goes in a landfill. The whole recycling thing, some of it really bugs me because I feel like it was almost kind of like perfectly engineered to make us feel better about throwing away more trash and getting more single serving things. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if nobody's going to buy that paper, if you've got beautiful craft paper, but you have foil stamped it and let's say you laminate it or something like that, if you make it so difficult to reprocess, it doesn't matter what you made it of, it's not going to, there's no market for it. It's not going to get reused. Right. But again, it gets back to that whole like, does it get processed? Right. Right. Does it actually have an afterlife? Yeah. The Sonos Rome stuff, I love the look of the packaging. I mean, when you look at what they've done with from the device image on the front and the use of that white on the craft, and that's tough to get too, right? Because you're either doing silkscreen print on, say, shorter runs, mm-hmm. right, where that white can be made nice and opaque. Or if it's larger runs, you're doing flexo, right? Flexography. Right. And which is and that typically you're going to need a couple of hits on that right. to get any kind of decent white. And the registration on that is really low. And you can only run – that's totally for like big runs. Or you're doing UV printing, which this might be, which is boss. It looks so great and it's so awesome. But it's really expensive. Right. So, yeah. again, it gets back to that whole thing of like if well, – the other thing to do, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you, but, you know, the product photography has to go a long ways because in a retail environment, and I haven't seen this in a retail environment myself, mm-hmm. um, it used to be where you could, you have a clear package, you, you have, a, or at least you have part of a clear package that has plastic oh, that right. where you can see the product or 
yeah, product photography has to go a long way in something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's simple, looks good. Yeah, it's it's really clean. And, you know, I'm also curious too, like, and this might just be me, but if I know that brand and I know that their like industrial design is solid right. and I've seen images of the device online yeah. and all this kind of stuff, I don't need to have super flashy packaging. No, because most of this stuff is like they have it on display, you know, right? you can see right. it right there and you look at it, you like the look. And for theft, sometimes they'll have FDO cards up there. So you're not even bringing the package. You're getting that little FD, the for display only, you get that little FDO card and you bring that up to the register and they scan it and they bring you out the product or whatever. Oh, right. right. Like to, yeah. to protect from theft. Right. Or, or you have this really beautiful package and then you have that thing called the spider, the security thing. Oh, yeah. It's on the front. It's like the right. big nugget with like the straps going around the box so nobody can break into it. Yeah. So then you got this, you've designed all this beautiful packaging and womp, the retailer puts this just big, ugly plastic blob right in the middle of your beautiful packaging. So it's, there's a lot of that stuff at retail that you just have no control over and it's really kind of maddening. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at some like worst case scenarios and stuff like this. Oh, clamshells. Well, yeah, they're clamshells. You know, this was, this is a Bluetooth adapter device from D-Link. And again, they're not the, there's a lot of mm-hmm. companies like that, but they have this little adapter thing that to me looks like it's maybe a little over an inch long, but the whole package around it is probably like a five by six piece of, of plastic that carries like not good graphics. I mean, very dated looking graphics and stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, and some of that is really weird too, right? Because like, first of all, why do you even have to show that freaking dongle or whatever? Like that's, it's not even pretty. They could have done that in a photo. They make a certain size too, because one, they want to be able to peg it, right? It has to be peggable. Right. hang up on a shelf yep. and then two they don't want shrinkage right they don't want it stolen yeah and so they'll make the package oversized because otherwise that tiny little nugget somebody could fit like 20 of them in their pocket and walk that, out yeah, that right makes, that makes sense i know it's but why not put it in paper right put that in cardboard and put a picture on the front of it and call it a day like don't stick it in this plastic blister mm-hmm. blister packs man blister pack that's a good way to get sent to hell right there man you using blister packs all the time you are going to hell <laughs> I call that. Yeah, you call it, man. It's just like, I'm on the highway to hell. What other kind of crazy stuff? Oh, see scissors, man. Don't give me the eye twitch. No, they're just showing, they're just showing examples of, you know, I've seen a lot of this where people, you know, on social media will say, hey, I just ordered this one little. Oh, yeah. Why did it show up in this giant box? Yeah. I ordered this postage stamp little thing Mm. and it came to my doorstep and it had a bunch of bubble wrap, which is obviously very bad. Right. And it had a box that was like a nine by 12. And um, yeah, and again, thing. even yeah. if it's a cardboard box, yeah, that's one thing. It can be recycled and stuff, but there's a lot of the like energy waste and breakdown that has to happen with all that stuff. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And, and also when you think about it, right, the larger the packaging is, the fewer packages get loaded into the truck or into the ship or onto the plane, any of these transit methods, right? So you're essentially shipping less product with the same amount of fuel. And so all that stuff goes into your LCA as well, right? Like pallet loads and how, you know, how much per product you're spending energy wise to deliver it. Right. 
Right. You know, the other thing, so I was in the airport and, you know, they have all those little kiosks, little shops oh, there. Oh, yeah. And I was dog tired with, this was like the end of this flight and we, we were going going back home and we're walking by, and but it's, I saw it out of the corner of my eye and I stopped and I backed up because it really stood out. You know, airports are very, very shiny places, you know, a lot of glass surfaces and basically everything is designed so that it can be cleaned with bleach and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, sanitized constantly. Yeah. And so in this environment where everything is kind of shiny and glossy and overly clean i saw out of the corner of my eye this packaging that was like a lot of the the natural craft browns and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um with again with the with the white printed on it because that's super popular right. and the industrial design so on the shelves like you were mentioning how like the devices can be set up right right so this is the same kind of thing as the airport kiosk they had they had all the packages lined up nicely on the shelves. Nice. And then on top of the shelves, they had the actual products. And so for Mar- House of Marley, which is named after Bob Marley. Oh, yeah. It's his family and their audio products. So, like, you know, that makes a lot of sense from a brand standpoint. But the speakers and everything themselves just use all this really nice wood. Like, the materials are just really beautiful. And the packaging uses a lot of craft papers and stuff like that, which is really awesome. But what was really weird is when i got up and started like picking up the packaging and examining it right we get to that issue where we're talking about before which is that over packaging right so you've got you've got these boxes that are the brown craft paperboard right but then on top of that are these four color printed sleeves that are slid on top yeah i see that yeah yeah so that now instead of any of the gains that you get from reducing materials and using those more sustainable materials right you're now putting additional paper onto the package for the beauty photography right right so imagine if that sonos package had done that right where they instead of having the illustration printed straight on the box they decided let's make this full color sleeve and right. go around that. And if you, you know, if you think about that, it may not seem like a lot of material weight, but it really is. And it adds up when you're talking about, you know, thousands of products on pallet. Oh, I know. And millions of products going yeah. out. But really great use of materials in their products themselves, I thought were really great. And I went on their site and, you know, they seem to be designing really well. They're using bamboo. Yeah. They're using um, aluminums and metals that are that have a long life in terms of recyclability. They use some uh, wood composites, recycled paper. Uh, they also use FSC certified wood, which is the uh, what is it? The forest. Oh wow! Forest now you're going deep. Sustain- okay. oh, let me let me yeah. Google that. that. Forest Stewardship Council. Okay. And that's fsc.org. Man, that logo could use some help. Oh my, yeah, like a little check mark by the oh, plant, man, and then that just... gets shrunk down really. Yeah, dreadful. <sighs> um, I know, yeah. but but so they're using a lot of the FSC certified woods. They're using organic cork, uh, recycled uh, PET. Yeah. Right. Other recycled plastics, yeah. organic cotton. So they're using a, in their industrial design for their products themselves. I know. It's beautiful it's stuff. Just and the messaging great. behind it is great. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, that's their story, you know, and they're, they're yeah. putting that right in front to let their consumers. And Bob Marley would be the, proud yeah. of that, man. Like, that's yeah. what he would want, man. Look at this. Look at these turntables. And then they have this. Oh, yeah. 
they have this great mobile showroom. It's this big, like, looks like a Sprinter van or something. It's great. And yeah, yeah, it's all fitted out with like these carpeted looking walls with their headphones and all their different speakers. And they've got their logo here and there. And of course, they got turntables with legend, you know, Bob and the Whalers in there. See, now that's a good little, and I wouldn't be surprised like, this kind of reminds me, this is a little bit of a parallel path, not quite a sidebar, but on a beer that I was doing years ago, okay. we did the design and then um, it was being brewed in uh, Montana, Whitefish, Montana. Oh, yeah. And what was that one again? It was called Black Star. Okay. And at the time that came out, it was really kind of a hard sell to get into the big stores, you know, Mm. to to get shelf space. Because at that time, we talked about this in the past podcast, that a lot of that shelf space was taken up by the Budweiser's, Miller's, Coors. Really Mm -hmm. tough to get. Macro brews. It was really tough to to get a buyer to come in and take your stuff on. Mm. So he had us design like this kind of a truck bus that looked like it came down the mountain of Montana. Okay. And it had like it's like a beer know, mobile. Yeah. And so he would go and he would he would instead of going into their office and mm. trying to make a deal, he would grab the person uh-huh. and drive them around the city for like an hour, t- taste the product, right. talk about the stuff. Looks like you're in this environment of this wacky truck that came down so from they had Montana. A whole experience. Yeah. yeah. These guys, this this sort of thing kind of reminds me of that, you know, where you're you're actually walking into this cool Mm-hmm. Sort of um, controlled it's, environment. It's like, a, yeah. it's, it's like a panel van or some kind of yeah, yeah, like a delivery van. Right. It's very cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and you can see all this stuff on uh, thehouseofmarley.com. They've got a blog there that they're showing it. But yeah, their their products just I love that just how beautiful their products look. Right. Um. And uh. And I like that the the packaging works with that. Not a big fan of the sleeves and all the hang tabs on stuff. Um, and I feel like the, the graphics themselves are really pretty busy. There's kind of a lot going on. Like when you compare it to listening to Bob's music, which is very chill and, and kick back. Well, yeah, some of the stuff, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, Whereas their industrial design, look how simple that is. That's right. so beautiful. It's so I know. Clean. Some of the packaging as a whole, as a, as a portfolio, kind of kind of looks like it gets um, fragmented a bit because mm-hmm. it, it does get busy mm-hmm. with, with the typography and, and the different um All the symbols shots. and all the different type and all the photos. Yeah. And it looks like there could on. be a much more unified system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But check it out. It's totally it's it it's great to check this stuff out. The the house has some just some great shots of their packaging and their industrial design for their devices, which look really epic. And Sonos Rome as well. Definitely worth checking out. I think those are those are two really good examples of sustainable packaging for yeah, definitely. consumer electronics without a bunch of plastic and foam and garbage in there. I mean, right. Just skip the garbage. Yeah. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it good. Yeah. All right, man. I feel like plastic is kind of like the mosquito of the packaging world. You just got to you just got to kill it. You just got to smash it. You got to smash it. Yeah, or else gotta... it's just going to suck all your blood, people. <laughs> it's going to suck. <laughs> and you got to you got to get the malaria. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah, you need to you need to take it and run it through the the sheep drop. The sheep dip. Yeah. yeah, you just got to run it right back through the formaldehyde, throw some bluestone in there. There you and, go. And uh, uh, party on. Yeah, party on. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this has been another fun trip. Talking shop. Talking shop. I like it. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to Cleanup on Aisle Nine. Nine. 
Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe and share with your friends. And leave us a review so we can reach more awesome listeners like you.